drive that you threw in the garbage. The, la the last bag that was stolen for me, actually the worst thing out of the bag that was stolen, A, rocks from Greece. B, two of my best Magic the Gathering decks. Ah! Ah! They stole... They stole my poet deck. It was so good. It was all one one penners, and they all just flew in. And I and then I had all these life giving things. And I'm at 52, and you're at four, and you're like, "What's happening?" In this? I'm like, "It's just a poetry reading. We're all just having a fun time." No one plays Magic the Gathering, just me. I'm just lamenting the things that people steal from me that have no value to them that they throw in a garbage can that have all the value to me. I love my rocks from Greece. Lamenting my son. Your next comedian, he plays songs. And he's a really lovely human being. I'm going to let you get set up as I preface you with this. He has some song parodies he does. I used to do karaoke, and I used to sing a little song called Isn't It Ironic, Son? But I did it in a comedic way because I did it in the style of James Hetfield. Isn't it ironic? Uh, don't you think? Huh? A little too ironic, ah, I really do think. It's like rayon on your wedding day, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> I do the whole song, though. It's really funny. I really miss karaoke. He's got a buzz going already, and that's what's going to make him so good. Put your hands together, everybody. For Josh Kahn! What's up, San Francisco? How are y'all doing tonight, guys? Hey, give yourself another round of applause just for being here, okay? Yeah. Give yourself a round of applause. All of us. Nobody saw who stole Pam's phone. We are all terrible people. We are all going to hell. No, okay. So Pam just did her James Hetfield impression. Uh, I have a Metallica-oriented impression I'd like to do for you. I'll show you my beautiful prize-winning face when I do. Uh... So this is what it would sound like if David Bowie were to sing Metallica, okay? David Bowie singing Metallica. Here goes. So close, no matter how far. Could it be much more from the heart? Forever trust in what we are? Oh, yeah. And nothing else matters to a bitch. David Bowie playing Metallica, everybody, right? But what if Metallica were to play David Bowie? That would sound like this. Ch -ch -ch changes turn and face the strain. Don't want to be a better man. Time may change me. But I can't change time. Ch -ch -ch changes. One time, James Hetfield, he came into the gas station I worked at, and he was like, give me fuel, give me five, because I'm parked on number nine, dude. True story. Wouldn't make something like that up. My name is Josh Kahn. I'm very into social justice. You guys want to try something here. What do we want? No, 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 no. All you were wrong. The answer we were looking for is mushrooms. Okay, that's what we want. All right. What do we want? When do we want them? Now. Time is an illusion. Okay, that was the correct answer. You guys need to get your uh, your act together here. I obviously I took the mushrooms earlier. Uh, that's my fault. I am sorry about that. 
I was driving the Bay Bridge to come over here, you guys. Don't you hate it when a guitar player tunes his instrument in front of you on stage? It's like, couldn't you have done that at home? Kind of like when you see a policeman beating a woman in the middle of the street, you're like, couldn't you have done that at home? What? I was driving the Bay Bridge to get over here, and uh, I saw something kind of disturbing. I saw a guy sitting on the edge of the Bay Bridge. He had pulled over his car, and there was, like, people trying to get out of their cars and be supportive of this guy who was sitting with his feet over the edge of the Bay Bridge hanging out over the ocean. I wanted to be supportive as well, so I just rolled down my window, and I was like, let's go, Oakland! Just because, like, thank you for jumping off of the Bay Bridge and not the Golden Gate Bridge. The Golden Gate Bridge is so, at this point, it's so mainstream. Like, don't jump off of that. We want a documentary about our bridge, you know. You jump off the Golden Gate Bridge, it's like, you're not suicidal. You want, you want a nap in a hammock. That's what you want. They made the Richmond Bridge a footbridge, but they're not worried about anybody jumping off of the Richmond Bridge because Richmond is like the Oakland of Oakland. These suicide jokes are, like, not going over well with you guys. What's the deal? Do we all not want to kill ourselves? Come on. Comedian, every, all comedians want to kill themselves because since quarantine started, all comedians are closer to hanging themselves than they are to being Robin Williams. Am I right? He want you to laugh, guys. Loosen up. These are jokes. Robin would want you to laugh. I'm at the end of my rope with these suicide jokes. Stop doing them. Ho, ho. You're not going to catch me hanging around Mutiny Radio. Ho, ho. He would want you to laugh. No, I love you guys. You guys are great for being here. I really appreciate you. My mom, okay, so let's play, let's play racial bingo here. Get your racial bingo cards out. What the hell kind of interracial train wreck had to happen 30-some-odd years ago for this to be standing in front of you? I know, I know you're wondering, like, what, what are you, man? You're like a Mexitalia, what, uh, what are you, man? I am, uh, you're all wrong. I'm Korean, and I'm Jewish. Boom! Mind blown. Totally blew your mind. My mom is this, like, five-foot-tall Korean immigrant woman. I told her I was going to be doing comedy, and she was like, oh, no, Josh, why you do comedy? You're not funny. And you're so ugly. Comedian have to be on TV. I think you mean you want podcasts. Everyone has podcasts. Your father has podcasts. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. For I forgive her. Sometimes she would beat me and my brother, but I think that's just because we were citizens and she was jealous. Does anybody know that song? Have you heard this song on the radio? It goes, um, I'm living my best life. Ain't got time to if we do. Mm -mm. You know that song I'm talking about? I hate that song. Because you know who else was living his best life and didn't have time for us? My dad! <laughs> don't defend the guy. You don't know. You don't know. My, so my dad's family is Jewish. And I always get treated like a second-class Jew, you know, because I'm half Asian, like I'm a, like I'm a GED Jew. Jew 2.0, Jew.0, I don't know. But anyway, my Jewish grandma was always super racist to me. Like when I was little, she would tell me like, uh, if you misbehave, we're gonna sew your foreskin back on. <laughs> That's a messed up thing to say to a seven-year-old at Hanukkah dinner. So I get her back now as an adult when I go over there for Hanukkah dinner. She puts out all the Jewish foods, right? She puts out like uh, gefilte fish and potato latkes, all the traditional Jewish bread. She puts out um, uh, challah bread. Do you guys know what challah bread is, that braided? Bread you see in the window of the Jewish bakery. Anyway, puts out all the food. Everyone's eating around the Hanukkah table. Everyone's got a mouthful. Everyone's quiet. I'm the one to break the silence. Mm. Grandma, this meal is first rate. How much did the challah cost? 
Please enjoy this bacon-scented candle. And I got you up three pounds of uncooked shrimp. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So I've been with my girlfriend a long time. I've been with my girlfriend so long. We, instead of meeting on, we didn't meet on Tinder. We met on Craigslist. Our encounters are still super casual. Instead of uh, Netflix and chill, we eat checks, mix, and pay bills. Super sexy, though. My girlfriend is so white. She got her 23andMe results back. It was just a blank sheet of white paper. I'm sorry. I made the, the financially responsible choice of dating a white girl. What can I say? Anyway, you guys want to hear some songs? I'll play some songs for you. All right, guys. This year when you go to see baseball, whenever they let us back in to see baseball, these are the lyrics you're going to sing when it comes for the seventh inning stretch and everyone sings, take me out to the ball game. Here's what I want to hear you guys sing. Take me out to the protest. Push me onto the ground. Buy me some milk to wash out my eyes. I don't see police ID on these guys that are pushing me into a Chrysler. This Nazi state is a shame for it's one. Two, thank you. Three terms for Trump to play F up games. Will somebody stop that guy? That's my Uber Eats right there. <laughs> stop that guy. He really, he was very patriotic. Anyway, that's what I want you to sing when you go to, uh, to the baseball game. I'll play you one or two more songs. That'll get out of your hair. Oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? What is it going to be? Couldn't you have done that at home? So I saw this commercial the other day. Tell me if you guys have seen this commercial. It starts off, it's like, it's showing you like really nice, it looks like it's either real estate or it's selling you furniture maybe, all these really nice homes. But the song that's under it is like an ACDC song. It's like. If you're sick of all your roommates and your girlfriends on your case, and you wanna get some time away, but you don't wanna find a new place. Pick up your phone, say leave me alone. I got an app for that. Tucson, Reno, Tahoe, let's go. I found a two-room flat. I Airbnb, I catch a flight. B and B, and I spend the night. A B and B, and I drop a load. B and B, in the top of the commode. So if you see that song in a commercial, I did not get paid for it. I'm very upset about that. I heard the Proud Boys got their name from, uh, an from a song in Aladdin. Did you hear this? I looked it up. The Proud Boys, I'm not sure if it's like the stage player or if it's the movie, but they got their name from a song in Aladdin. I said, that makes sense, you know? Disney songs are kind of like inherently racist, like a whole new world with no Jews, you know? <laughs> like all Disney songs are a little bit racist, you know, like, well, I just can't wait to be king of an Aryan nation.
You know, all Disney songs. Did anybody else, when they were little, like, did you see the D in Walt Disney and think it looked like a G? Was I the only one that grew up watching Walt Disney movies? <laughs> Wah. Okay, so obviously I do song parodies. You've heard that. I'm going to play one more for you and get out of your hair. But So this is a song. I have a son. I have a uh, son who's now 18, if you can believe that. Just absorb the horror of that for a second, that I'm responsible for another human life. First of all, just think of that. And it's a real, it's a real thing. When he was growing up, people would ask me, like, Josh, are you gonna, like, are you gonna let your kids smoke marijuana? You're a pretty avid marijuana smoker yourself. Are you gonna let your kids smoke marijuana? I tell them the same thing I tell everybody. Like, I gotta let my kids smoke marijuana. He's my dealer. I'm not gonna pay full price for dabs. You know what the clubs are charging? That's one of the pros of procreation. Discounts. Anyway, so me and my son, we decided we're going to open up a father-son business. We're going to open a vape store, right? A lot of money in vapes. But here's the catch. We're going to open a vape store, but it's only going to sell to children. We're going to call the vape store Statutory Vape. All of our customers want to shop there. I don't know why we're making a uh, federal case out of this. Okay. Anyway, but I was really glad to have a boy. Like, I just, like, no, no, nothing down on you if you have a girl, but I was really glad to have a boy because it's simple. Like, when the sex talk time comes, I'm just like, wear a condom or I'll kill you. It's easy. I couldn't imagine the conversation that you would have to have with your daughter. Uh, that's a place of vulnerability that I, as a person, am not able to get to. So I decided to write this song. It's about a gentleman who has a daughter and is scared about what happens when she gets to be in high school. On the day you were born, I knew we were screwed. I never wanted a girl, baby, cause I knew when you reached high school. Boys would call you up, try to finger a few in my home. And I'd have to tell you, honey, that I got Brad on the phone. Brad on the phone. Brad. Brad. I got Brad on the phone. I cut a thousand farts before I made you. I flushed a thousand more babies down the toilet on dirty tissues. Maybe one day you'll have a baby and on that day you'll change your tone. Everybody uh, live in the studio, but playing an old vintage 2017 AltaCast at 2 o'clock. I'll be in with LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, and we'll be back. But listen to an old one. Yay, if you're listening. Thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio. Donate to us, Mutiny Radio, on Venmo, please. Or be a Patreon person or something. Okay, bye. Here on Mutiny Radio, I am joined today by the wonderful, the always amazing... Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Hey, happy hey. Black History Month. It's Black History Month! Yes, not I, for long. I thought about that this morning. Uh, we are also joined by new 
Mutiny Radio, Mutineer, Kaysen Wise. Good morning, ladies, and hey. happy Black History Month. Yeah. Welcome to the family. <laughs> Thank you. Very feel, very welcome. He's still working on his, the title of his show that's going to be every Tuesday from 2 to 4. Uh, and it's a it's a bi-city. It's a double city. That's true. We are a single coast bi-city. We're in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Right going to be doing some range. interviews and cool things down there. Figure John I don't have enough friends in one city. I had to make some in a second one. <laughs> Take guests any way I can get them is pretty much it. But yes, we don't have a title yet, but that doesn't stop Pam from advertising and pushing us out there, which I appreciate. So thank you, Pam. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so yeah, this is the Altcast. We are now uh, news partners not only with the Drug Policy Alliance, which is awesome. Uh, they've been uh, pushing drug policy reform, uh, specifically around harm reduction. And uh, so that's great. We've been working with them for a while now, thanks to Melissa Moore. And now we are partnered with NARL. Uh, the pro-choice nationalists, the national pro-choice group, uh, they bought food for me on Saturday. Wow. <laughs> it was a bunch of comedians. Gnarl's really interesting because they are using comedians to get their information out there, which is amazing that they think that we have any value. Because we're not <laughs> fake, fake news. Because we're not. Well, there's so much fake news out there that it's all like, at this point, it's all opinion, you know? And when news first started, Kaysen was talking about this yesterday, when news first started you in, before the 60s, you couldn't have a, a one opinion without the same amount of airtime from the opposite opinion. You just couldn't do that. And now we have huge news outlets that have their own bias, that, and they're completely honest about their bias. I mean, you know when you're going to Fox News what you're getting. Or yeah. shit. Right. <laughs> but it's the same thing. When you know you're going to the AltaCast and you're listening to this, you know that you're going to get... Real shit. The real shit. The, well, <laughs> the real truth as filtered uh, behind our, our socialist eyes, or as I'd like to call myself now, Marxist. Um, this is... I didn't. I don't know when we're going to... I don't know how it's going to come up, if we should let it come up organically or if we should address the elephant in the room. Uh, Kaysen is not of the Democrat persuasion, nor of the Green Party, nor of the independents. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, no, this is this is the truth. So this is, uh, this is a great first impression I'm going to have to come up with is I am actually a registered Republican. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw things just yet. I didn't vote for any of this nonsense, and I'm not a fan of most of it. But I am one of those Republicans that uh, thinks uh, in general terms uh, women should have rights. Uh, we should all have equal rights. Black lives do matter. Uh, of, I'm of this ilk, but also I think fiscal responsibility is important. Which it's not to say that Democrats and others don't, but I would like to fight the party from the inside and make it a better pl- party. I have kind of an idealism about it, and it's sucking right now, and I really wish I could change it. So basically, you are the party of Lincoln, technically. Ah. Because originally, that's what Republicans were. Yes. So yeah. technically, you're OG Republican. Yes. Not not the Reagan Republicans no. or the Eisenhower. More of like the 1860 Republican. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's, cool. She and caught that very quickly. You, yes, did it, so. you didn't call him your favorite word. Oh, Republican. Yes. Republican. Uh, because there's no because I I'm from the Midwest and I know different types of Republican Republicans and Republicans. Um, <laughs> Republicans. And I, I I'm actually you know the thing is the difference between those is like what I just described as the more party of Lincoln right. rather than those of the party of Reagan. 
uh, big difference. The difference is, is exactly what you were just describing of what an OG Republican is. That's actually the uh, definition of what it was supposed to be. Hmm. Now it has turned into a side freak show. <laughs> and I've, it's not even a party I'm anymore. calling him 45 now. I'm not going to dignify him with a name. Cheeto. I'm just going to call him 45. I like that. I heard someone else calling him 45. Yeah, it's uh, Stacy from Unleash the Rain started doing it. And I was like, I love it. Because I hate to say his name. And they were really interested, interesting about, they said, it's he is our president. Uh, so this whole not my president thing is ridiculous. Yeah. But... I agree that we he he needs to start acting presidentially. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, it's not going to happen. Now I don't see because he doesn't know is, how he doesn't know how to. He's never been taught. He's never learned. He's never studied. He's never he's been studied. in any. And I don't think he has any interest in learning either. He does. But it, there's a certain way that you're supposed to present yourself as the leader of the free world, or at least of this particular nation. I mean, I hate to say that you're the leader of the free world if you're the American president. You know, I don't necessarily believe in that either. I think that the free world is much bigger than the hubris of the American manifest destiny any dream or whatever we're doing uh but he's not acting presidentially this tweeting thing this tweeting thing is the least this is like you're like a junior high girl <laughs> tweeting how is this how can we put a gag order on the entire government and yet tweet everything out it just seems so childish and bizarre to me and it's becoming kind of kind of routine the press secretary was showing off tweets in his press conference a few days ago as like is this is news we should talk about like taking it seriously it's crazy this is the other in in other weird facebook news jonathan uh, he was in, he was in high school he went to a really rich high school at santa monica high uh, he was bussed in from Inglewood, so he. But he went to Santa Monica High, and there was the guy who was voted most likely to succeed, and he was a dick in high school. He is now like the guy that you see on the news. He's one of the press guys. He's he's a speechwriter, and he's this young guy. And Jonathan showed me yesterday. He's like, this guy was such a dick in high school. He was like, this guy was seriously like nobody. Like he had one friend, and and he was voted most likely to, to achieve or whatever because he was such a dick and he was such like a hardcore and now he's one of Trump's 45's main guys and we saw him all over the news with the White House stuff and Jonathan was like of course of course no he has a small dick I'm just gonna most people I think most people are most of the dudes in that whole administration have small dicks and this is a legitimate news show yeah it is and the fact (laughs) of the matter is just like People are, I think people need to get a little bit more upset, not with even just Trump, but you know his other lynchman, it's, uh... Bannon? Yeah! The Jew-hating, ugly, crater-faced son of a bitch. Who I believe is kind of the Cheney to his bush, which is he's kind of a mastermind and the real one we should be looking at. Yeah, totally, the puppet. And Sessions, he's another terrible, horrible. All of them, all of them are good and terrible. And I didn't know Pence called his wife mother. Oh my God. Do you know how Norman Bates... Of that is, mm. I mean, you know, Norman Bates, the character in Psycho, would call his mother mother because he was in love with his mother. Well, and when there's just a little, I remember, oh, I didn't know that. I, really, he calls her calls her mother. Does huh? he call his he calls his wife mother? Oh God! Well, because it's the mother of the children. There's a thing like that they do. There's an old movie or whatever where they call they call her they call the mom wife mother because it's somehow I don't know maybe because back in the back in the oldie days you had. 
um, a mistress that you slept with, and that was the sexy one, and the other one that just had the babies was the mother. And so you just called a mother. Oh my God, it's like another way of identifying women as what they are used for or can be used for. Like, you are just mother material. Exactly. Right, yeah. Uh, how do they out. just, you don't need to make up any material about these guys. Sometimes you can just, they can just talk and you can have such great stuff come out of their mouth. And by it's, great, I mean horrible. It's so scary. Uh, so let's get into our first one here. This is from the Drug Policy Alliance. Uh, Yay, drugs. The, yeah, drugs. This came out this morning, um, press release from the Drug Policy Alliance. Senate Judiciary votes to advance Nightmare Jeff Sessions as Attorney General. Uh, this It's, it's terrible. In, in the actual headline. In quotations, yeah. But this is also, we're getting it from the Drug Policy Alliance, so we're a little bit skewed. Uh, but on the cover of the Drug Policy Alliance website right now, they have a link button that you can immediately contact your senator. So please, please, please go to Drug Policy Alliance uh, at drugpolicy.org and click on that so that you can talk to your senator right away and say, this is not, this is not okay. Uh, party line votes. A party line vote with no Dems in support. Nomination now heads to Senate floor for final vote. DPA Sessions is a disaster for drug policy and criminal justice reform. Today, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted to advance the nomination of Jeff Sessions for Attorney General of the United States. The vote was 11 to 9, with no Democrats supporting the nominee. The nomination will now go to the Senate floor for a full and final vote. Jeff Sessions is a disaster for drug policy and criminal justice reform, said Bill Piper, senior director for Drug Policy Alliance's Office of National Affairs. He is a nightmare for medical marijuana patients and will destroy families and communities by amplifying the mass incarceration crisis. And don't you feel like we just finally started talking about the mass incarceration crisis as a whole? It was on Netflix, which shapes all of our lives, and that 13 thing. And now there's a follow-up to the 13 with Oprah. And people are finally starting to realize that the draconian drug laws of the 70s were put in place specifically for the industrial machine that eats people, the industrial. We were actually, um, even during the debates and what have you, we were talking about the heroin epidemic that is going on like in a lot of white rural and suburban communities. So for those who voted for Trump, who have uh, relatives that have a drug, you know, drug addiction, this is going to this is going to affect them as well. It's going to roll back. We've just recently had some drug policy reform in the ways of harm reduction. And this, you know, we were talking about this. This has come about because suddenly the epidemic is white. Black <laughs> yeah. people have been dying of, you know, have, have had ad- addiction issues for years. And instead we just incarcerate them. But now all of a sudden that, you know, little Susie, 15 year old <laughs> Susie Kim, you know, or whatever in Indiana, suddenly she's on opiates and she can't get off the oxys. And now we're like, oh, we need to deal with this medically and help this person. And it's like, that face. was big news when I started. There was some stuff that came out, and I'm sure it's been out in the past before anyway, but it was highlighted recently where in a lot of Trump-supporting areas, uh, there was a significant amount of opioid addiction. Uh, Absolutely. It's very – and this is, of course, a lot of the group, and this is a generalized statement, of course, but this is the group that's talking about how drugs are bad, drugs should be illegal, and addiction is, it should be incarcerated. And now look at them. Now they're – I mean – They're the same people that are hopped up and pilled up. Yeah. Because of – 
you know, because of maybe the pharmaceutical companies, maybe not all of them, because some of them like the meth. Right, right, right. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can go two routes. You can go classic homemade meth. Yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, the thing is, it's just like we just came. We're almost full circle with getting everyone on board with the war on drugs is flawed, right. and now we have a new new administration that wants to bring it back, you know, um, in full force. Fifty billion dollars a year. Fifty billion What's that? dollars. That's the budget uh, for the, the war on drugs every year. That's the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency. I'm talking about money savings. Budget. Right? Uh, and the, to be able to, but the thing is that I don't think they want to curb recidivism. 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 I can't, it's so hard to say that word. I'm not going to even try. Recidivism. Nope. Like the when people go back to it. When yeah. you're trying to rehabilitate and you say, hey, now they're, if you put it if you just incarcerate people, they don't get better. No. They get <laughs> and, the scarlet letter. And, but drug addiction, this is like a, a problem that we've created because we don't have the mental health services to be able to service people. I mean, and this all goes back for me. It seems so simple and it's so hard for me to understand, but it goes back to abortion. Maybe if we, not to, you know, there are some people that are alive today that maybe if there would have been access to whatever they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had a terrible life that led them into drug addiction or that led them into alcoholism or that led there's a lot of people that you know I just I just don't see why they're they have such a moralistic stance on something that is not even alive yet and doesn't have but once someone's actually alive then there's no help services oh it's good luck you know yeah exactly it's just like don't kill that unborn baby but if you're a heroin addict or a crackhead you should be incarcerated you should get the chair now what how 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 much sense does that make right and especially (laughs) if it's less than zero if people (laughs) if people don't have the parenting skills i mean and that's the thing say oh they're making an abortion it's like how about if we Think about parenting skills and teaching kids how to be in relationship education. It all goes back to that word. If your kids, if you teach your young girls that their self-esteem doesn't have to be balanced upon crazy horny. That's the thing is that girls aren't ready to have sex when boys are ready to have sex. And guys are going to push girls into sex. And girls are who have different issues and self-esteem issues because of whatever's perpetuated by our society want boys to like them so if they're suddenly said told well i'm not gonna like you if you don't have sex with me they're gonna be like well i want him allowed him to love me and then i even i used to teach high school and i had a student who got she was in my class and she got pregnant on purpose because she said no one's ever loved me my mom didn't love me my dad didn't love me i'm gonna have a baby because this baby is gonna love me and i said you're 16 years old don't do this and then she did she went out and got pregnant and she changed classrooms she wasn't in my classroom anymore she was in the special mommy classroom and you know where they raise their kids in school or whatever with each other and i was like but she she had enough wherewithal to point to it and say no one's ever loved me i want something to love me i'm going to have a baby and i'm like what well i mean it it it, this boils down to where like a lot of people like to talk about fiscal responsibility but you can't have that if you have you know a broken home uh your parents are uneducated because of the fact of economically they were set to fail as well it's all it's like a domino or a snowball effect basically of like you know why people end up in the situations going on to like you know the 16 year old having the child and and 
how was her upbringing right she had a it, crappy upbringing yeah it, it goes to that and you know you could you could be as poor as dirt and have a broken home as well as wealthy as fuck and still have a broken home right. and end up into these situations because it it, it boils down to education and it boils down to um also economics but the basic things that people don't get at home because maybe the parents weren't in the house because of addiction or they had to work all the time right. or the wealthy family was always at work all the time or just didn't give a fuck right you know so it, it, it for in light of in light of uh, black history month uh, <laughs> somebody explained this to me and i finally understood like when when people say well we in america are all given the same opportunities and Blah, blah, blah. And Thank I you. and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. It's like they started a race, right? They started the race, bang. Except that all the black people have ten pound weights strapped to each leg, and they're like, start the race, bang, go. And then suddenly the white people were all way ahead, and we turn around, we're like, where they all go? What's going on? And they were like, oh wait, they had they had weights on their ankles. We need to take those weights off. Those are chains. And then we take the chains off. Right. You take the chain gang off and you take them off. And you're like, well, why aren't you here now? Why aren't you up here with us? You're so far behind now. We just can't even. And, then, and you would think like, let's start the race over. But people say, no, 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 no. We're just, we're just going to, we're going to keep going on with it because I'm entitled. Because now I'm at the front of the, I'm, I ran fast and hard. And I am at the front of the pack. And it is my pack. And I did the work. And that's what it is. And it's like, but wait a minute. That's not like. You, yeah, you had a better opportunity and a head start. Right. Well, and it, it's. And even if there isn't an opportunity, a head start, you didn't have a detriment applied to you. You didn't have huge weights on your legs right. that that people were not even acknowledging. They're like, all right, let's go. Bang. And, and, then, and here's, here's the sad part for the poor white folks that think they're ahead of the race, which they're not. But they vote that way. They got another thing coming, especially now with the fact of the matter is just like, you thought your leader was going to bring your jobs back. You're going to still be in that shack in West Virginia. You think you're ahead of the game? No, you back there with us too now. And we're you're all just blind. Too. The thing is, the ma- I, I really honestly feel the majority of Americans are, are woke in what's going on. And the fact of the matter is, like, I think a lot of people, especially in these rural communities, aren't awoke because they they think they're they're wishing upon a star yeah it's not gonna come true right and it's a reality tv star so it's like the least <laughs> shiny star in the firmament it's like the you know what tarnished i mean tarnished star it's the tarnished star it's like the star that's about to go supernova and that seems big <laughs> and good except that then what happens after that is it becomes a black hole <laughs> It becomes a seething mass that sucks everything into it and murders and kills all, even the light. Even light cannot exist in a black hole. That was funny. Let's that get back to like this. a fairy tale, dark and grim. Yeah, it's terrible. It's We're scared. So back to Jeff Sessions, scary, scary guy. Uh, Sessions' record is deeply concerning. In recent years, 28 states have legalized marijuana for medical use, including nine states represented by members of the Judiciary Committee. And an additional 16 states, including six states represented by members of the Judiciary Committee, have legalized CBD oils and non-psychotropic components of marijuana that have shown effectiveness in managing epileptic seizures that that afflict children. 
Uh, CBN is another good one. CBD, uh, THC, THCA, all the good ones. Uh, additionally, people who use marijuana in Louisiana with a doctor's recommendation are protected from arrest. Hey, that's great. Eight states have voted to legalize tax and regulate marijuana like alcohol, including California. Jeff Sessions has said, good people don't smoke marijuana, disparaging the tens of millions of Americans who have used marijuana, including the last three presidents. He has criticized the Justice Department's guidance respecting state marijuana laws and even opposes marijuana for medical use. If confirmed as attorney general, Sessions could increase marijuana arrests and prosecutions, threaten state officials, and undermine the ability of local agencies to regulate marijuana. In a recent article in The Hill, former Department of Justice officials and Sessions allies said states that voted to legalize marijuana may be in for reckoning. I just, that's the real thing. I just Actually, wanted to put a cue. That's the actual quote. It says, maybe in for a reckoning. Uh, that sounds like him. Yeah, right? Sessions was the chief opponent of 2016 bipartisan efforts to reduce sentences for drug offenses, voting against the bill in committee. Sessions has also been critical of the Obama Justice Department's guidelines around sentencing that were designed to limit harsh sentencing and reserve mandatory minimums for major offenders. He opposes any reform of civil asset forfeiture, a process that allows government agencies to seize money and property without having to charge anyone with a crime. We talked about this last year. Yep. The kid that was on, he saved his 12000 8000 It was either eight, ten, dollars or $12,000. He had saved this money forever. He was from New York. He got on a train to go live his dream in California yeah. to take his maker his recording and his like new album of whatever music he was doing and he'd gotten this money from his parents he raised it on the GoFundMe and all the stuff and he's on the train and they took his money without charging him of anything and said it was drug money they just took his money they took his money they really? just robbed. took his money they robbed him jacked him and said he and he had no he didn't have a pipe he had no marijuana there was no there was no charge there was no they can do it up to $40,000 they can just take it. your stuff. They and just property. took his money. And property. And they never, yeah, your property. They just, they can do that. This was in New York when this happened? The, he was a train. He was on a train. Train. So the Amtrak, and that's the thing is that the Amtrak officials were somehow different. And we, because we went into this whole, we had no idea about this, this forfeiture thing. And I think California just overturned it. So we don't, they can't do it in California, but federally they can still do it. The DEA can seize your property without charging you for a crime. And it's insane it's insane yeah that that was something very educational that we learned that day yeah but just the sad thing is the majority of people don't know about this and how jeff sessions is very dangerous i, I mean it's uh... it just brings up and the whole thing with that is it was racial profiling oh it's because he was yeah. black oh yeah i mean and and then they just they said well this is drug money why would why would anybody be on this train here uh, with because you know, ten thousand dollars? Right? How would you have gotten that money? He's like, well, when I, I think of trains, it. I think of when I think of drugs, I think of trains. Trains, right? Yeah, yeah the Amtrak. One the same, right? Especially. That's all you. But there was no, there were no drugs. They just took his money. It's terrible. Uh, so that's a real thing. Um, mm. That's a scary civil thing. asset forfeiture. The Drug Policy Alliance has created a digital campaign to put the brakes on Alabama Republican Senator Jeff Sessions' nomination for Attorney General. The Drug Policy Alliance campaign includes a video launched on the route that exposes Jeff Sessions' appalling record on drug policy, civil and human rights, and criminal justice reform. The Drug Policy Alliance video, created by award-winning filmmaker Dream Hampton, alternates between archival media footage of Sessions' troubling racist words and actions 
Commons and DPA staff and allies talking about what sessions would mean for drug policy and criminal justice. The video ends with a call to action asking people to call their senators to reject sessions for attorney general. Uh, recently, the Drug Policy Alliance organized a teleconference for reporters to discuss Sessions' record on civil and human rights, criminal justice reform, and drug policy. Representatives from Latino Justice, NAACP, uh, Legal Defense Fund, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, Cato Institute, the Samuel DeWitt Proctor Conference, and the Drug Policy Alliance expressed their concerns about Sessions. Senators should reject Jeff Sessions for the floor, Piper said. He must be stopped before he causes irreparable damage to our country. Uh, oh man, these like three years are gonna be looking sexy. I be, mean, <laughs> this is the sexiest cabinet ever. All straight white males. Wow. Yeah, this is a. Uh, this is not re representative of the republic. This is representative of a very specific type of. Oh yeah. Republic. Uh, That's so scary. Banana. <laughs> the banana. <laughs> yes, there's the joke. They all have their bananas. Uh, so this is the, the on the cover of their thing. They have the stop Jeff Sessions nomination. He was picked uh, to be the next attorney general. You can click on the link to send a message to your senator now, and uh, you put in your you just copy paste. It's really easy. Uh, the letter that you can copy paste says, "Dear Senator, President Elect Donald Trump has picked Sessions to be the next attorney general of the United States. I urge you to oppose his nomination as a U.S. senator from Alabama." Sessions said good people don't smoke marijuana. He once joked that the only issue with the Ku Klux Klan was their drug use. He was even denied a federal judgeship 30 years ago by a Republican-controlled Senate for racist remarks. He is likely to use his power as attorney general to interfere with state legal marijuana and medical marijuana programs. Sessions is also a proponent of harsh sentences for drug offenses. Sessions was the chief opponent of recent bipartisan efforts to reduce the sentences for drug offenders, demagoguing that this proposal would provide for leniency for legal alien drug traffickers and voting against the bill in Judiciary Committee. Jeff Sessions is not fit to serve as Attorney General, and as your constituent, I am strongly urging you to oppose his nomination. Sincerely, your first and last name. Uh, you can copy-paste this, and they have uh, a list of all of the... Uh, of the senators you can send it to. So please, I urge you to do that. Uh, now. Now. Because. ASAP. Yeah, because things are things are getting scary. He's, he's about to, I think there's a, either one or two Democrats that have, are still holding out uh, for his confirmation. So I was just reading about that today. Huffington Post. Yeah. Are they holding out now with the numbers that such that it is, is it going to make an impact or is it more of a, uh, a spiritual stand? He's, I think it, it's not going to make an impact. Right. You know. He's but it's important. Be, he's going to be yeah. the attorney general. It's, it's still important be, yeah. to make waves. Yeah. And make this known how we feel, of course. Exactly. But, I mean, this is, you know... It would be a sh the biggest shame to start rolling back the marijuana drug reform uh, and policy reform that we've had recently and the legalization that we've rallied around and embraced here in California and in Colorado and legally in Washington First and Oregon. All, you would think, okay, so these Republicans love bunny, right? So look they how claim much. To. Yeah, can if if you see how much revenue that Colorado and Washington State have brought back to their state, right? Um, you would think, hey, I like money, greed is good. 
you know what? Let's try to roll things forward because we like money. We can get into this ourselves. Right. But the sad thing is, I think some of the Republicans, like Jeff Sessions, don't don't understand how much, you know, federally this could help and, and bring help economically basically what i'm trying well, to say the, the problem is that they're having a moral stance about marijuana and marijuana is proven now to have medical benefits to help lots of people both emotionally and physically alcohol is the devil and yet yep. it is so legal yeah that's the absolute truth and it's on the republican side especially the new republicans or the ones of late there's been a co-opt by by the religious right and such that it becomes a moral conversation instead of a fiscal conversation which yes you would win that conversation those who win on the side of the money that can be made should win and can win every single time but you're right it ends up being a moral problem and yes alcohol has the greatest pr in the world what marijuana probably needs is some great commercials let's get it right. there you go <laughs> let's get them a good pr team and let's get the word During out the Super Bowl. Something, something other than Cheech and Chong would be great. Yes. <laughs> something other than Cheech and Chong, because what we've done yeah. is we've dumbed down and we've said marijuana users are stupid. And that here's the thing. And anti-authority. If, if, if I'm well, I'm an, I'm anti-authority. Yeah, sure. But course. if 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 marijuana makes you dumb, then then I, you know, then I shouldn't have two master's degrees. Like, <laughs> how is it? How is it possible? You be a spokesperson. Right. I mean, right. come on. I, I, I shouldn't be able to know the fact of the difference between right and wrong if I'm such a pothead. No. That's right. just me. No, well, I, like I Reefer Madness. <laughs> but that's what Reefer Madness said. All the propaganda that went in in the 30s because William Randolph Hearst had cotton farms instead of hemp farms. And the hemp breaker just had its uh, – the hemp breaker just came out with its uh, patent. And it was going to be widely released so that people could make – hemp more usable it was used to be really difficult to take hemp and turn it into rope and turn it into other things but this new machine in the 30s it was great and so the people that had money in timber and in cotton said whoa whoa wait wait a minute we don't want a competing and dupont came out with all that um all that nylon rope and they were like haha we don't want hemp on the ships should all be on uh, nylon rope now. They should never do hemp again. We could have had all hemp ropes. We could have natural. It all it could boils have re- down to a Betamax versus VHS sort of situation. Right. Political side of the business side. And then it became, the conversation was marketed as morality. Right. Morality as well as uh, the end of uh, Prohibition. Anheuser-Busch oh, yeah. also was part of the campaign during the 1930s oh, to be part of to, the whole. To villainize. Uh, booze, yeah, yes. We exact- know. Exactly. And Who's plus they used the whole uh, racial uh, stamp tax, I believe, uh, for Mexican people, saying that they were um, the ones that were bringing it in. Right. So that goes back to the 30s. If I'm such a stoner, why do I know that? Why do you know right. All the yeah, facts? Just... You keep bringing facts to the table. I don't understand. <laughs> we've we've done. We've, we've been talking about marijuana for the last three years. Like, I mean, all the way from like when it's speaking of the first in the very first uh, medical journals. Actually, in the very first written recorded things of humanity it was the chinese there were these four books of medicine and the chinese wrote them and they talk about they talk about medical marijuana this is 4000 years ago this is w- one of our first recorded texts and they talk about marijuana usage the the indians have been using and it's that's even the wrong india indigenous the, 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 well the indians from india okay. have been using it for 4000 years they use cow pee to keep the bugs away. They don't use pesticides, uh, and it's it's all natural, awesome. They have a drink called Bang, which is this weird like 
yogurt lossy thing with weed in it. It's awesome. They've been using it medicinally in for Africa, hashish. Of years. Yeah. I mean, here in the Americas as well, and then we we can even talk about in the Americas here. The coca leaf. Right, That's right. another subject, though. We won't get into well, that. Well, and now I've had coca tea from my... One of my friends went to... Uh, she went to Colombia and she came back and she brought me a box of coca tea. And that stuff was amazing. It was, like, way better than coffee. It was way better than caffeine. And it was like, you know, you steep your coffee, you steep your coca leaves in your water. I don't know if it was illegal for her to bring back, but boy, was it good. And it wasn't like, I'm high on cocaine. It was like, <laughs> it was like really, really good coffee. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I think the fact of the matter is just like, we've said this over and over again, that there's just too much money in these pharmaceutical companies yeah, yeah, and lobbying. Yeah, yeah. And I think that and the oil business, uh, oh God. petrochemical, they, they, they're all one and the same, I feel like. The, the, the petrochemical companies and the pharmaceutical companies, they're deriving like these fake medicines from science, which is, I mean, it's, I just don't think that we can solve don't everything. Don't use that the, word. It's a dirty word. Science. science. Yeah, quit not bringing science into this. You can't do I that just, around here. I feel like, why do we, what is it about how they've changed us as a people. They haven't we, changed us. No, they, they have because Some we use, when did we start believing that if you take a pill, it will make it better? Was it, was it when advertising was invented? Was it, was it like um, turn of the century? I think there was good intentions in that. I think a lot of study was done on, on, on things that started from plants. Like, uh, and then we just decided to ma- mass manufacture them. And then of course, yes, then money got involved. And while that could also be a positive inside and make, more medicines for us that of course were then taken over by those that just were rich and greedy and then now it's been taken advantage of and yes now you have the drug companies that are today which is a downside of capitalism giving all the power to a very few right Mm -hmm. well the thing is that we wouldn't even need some of our drugs if we hadn't if we don't live our lifestyles the way we do like all of our blood pressure medication I feel like we could fix a lot of this with like diet and exercise diabetes thank you simple shit right but but, but that's the thing is that we don't even have not everybody has access to good food I mean or education or education education education. it's set up that way yes McDonald's is a uh, dollar forty nine. Why not? Why go there? Why would I want to get a, a leafy greens and some uh, right some stuff at the grocery store that cost me seven dollars? Right. And I can just go to the anyway. if I can just McDonald's, get it for a dollar forty nine. They put yeah. those places in poor communities for a reason to set people up, as well as they put those places in suburbs. May I say? Cause yes, no, it's you, true. Because you cannot get away from an Olive Garden, a McDonald's, or Applebee's yeah, for sure right, in the absolutely. suburbs. It's very telling when you go to a grocery store and you see that the, the soda, a, a two liter soda is 99 cents, but a bottle of water is $1.45. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, right? <laughs> the irony there is, but that's the thing. How can that be possible? Because water is water, and soda is like water and corn syrup and sparkle sugar. things and sugar, fake sugar. Crap. Like, I mean, every once in a, like maybe once every two months, I'll have a Mexican Coke. You know what I mean? That's real sugar. Mm -hmm. Real sugar. Nice treat. Nice treat. But we, our bodies, are not meant. We're never designed to take in these many false products. I honestly, I have, I have kidney issues, and I attribute my kidney issues to the massive amounts of Diet Coke I drank in my 20s. I went to Costco once a week and I got myself a flat a Diet Coke. I got 24 Diet Cokes and I would go through those in a, flat a week. Of, nice. A flat of Diet Coke and it was either, it was six days and sometimes seven, but it was never eight. I drank Diet Coke instead of water 
I drank. I would wake up and I'd go to the refrigerator and I'd pop one of those cold, delicious, weird. Now they taste weird to me, but oh, I just would be like, sweet. I would like slam a diet Coke in the morning and then get another and have it in the car on the way to work. And I was, I, at the time I used to wonder like, why? When I moved to San Francisco, I like immediately lost 10 pounds and I couldn't figure out what it was. And it was that I no longer drove my car. Ah, I just started walking everywhere to get that diet Coke to get, well, yeah, I just stopped drinking diet Coke. Cause I didn't have any money to buy diet Coke. <laughs> this was before I got on food stamps, but now I would never spend money on foods. I would, I'll buy sparkle water, but yeah. I won't buy Same. Love the LaCroix. Love this. Any Ditto. sparkle water. Really, sparkle man. water. Love it. Mm, I love my period. Yeah. Oh, man. But like, Geyser. yeah. Love I, that, all of it. Lime flavor. The grapefruit flavor is really good. Which the okay, Crystal Geyser one is cheaper. So, oh, look. Yeah. Advice for you all listening out there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's almost, I don't want to say it's almost, it's a little bit more expensive than you buying a soda. But all these things, like your, you know, your fast food, your, your diet, your Coca-Colas, your Nabisco people, right. they're all built for the fact of putting all these things into their food to get people sick. NutraSweet which is in a lot of Coke products or any diet products is very dangerous. It's been oh, uh, gives ca- rats cancer. They grow things. On yes, exactly. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Big, big cancer rats. Yeah. It, they're, yeah, it's can't. Yeah. You can catch cancer. Basically. You can catch cancer, you know? And so, yeah, the people who are, yeah, I think that your diet though, I think and it's, we're being funny about saying you can catch cancer, but right. Diet is what can, I think that the way that we eat, I've always wondered like, doesn't it seem like everyone's dying of cancer? Doesn't it seem like everyone's getting cancer? Just this week, I found out two people that I'm acquainted with that they're, they're like, yeah, one of them has stage four bladder cancer and the other oh, has no. stage something, a breast cancer. And I was like, this week, what is going on with the cancer? Yeah. I just feel like everyone, when did this, people didn't die, did people die of cancer in the 1800s? That's, I mean, I guess No, they, they probably did. died and got it out of the gene pool quicker. Now, what it's an interesting facet is diet is not helping that as well as the fact that uh, people that are, are now living longer and living through cancer are then passing it on. So what we're, it's a, sort of a disadvantage of curing these diseases is instead of people, uh, actually, it's, of course it's a good thing, instead of people dying off and not giving them to children to pass on they are living through them yay and then they're passing them on to their next of kin and then it's going to stay in the gene pool not right. so yay actually sort of not so good and of course on top of that with the diet and the diet thing's interesting too because what we've done is taken advantage of what the body craves as everyone here I'm sure knows like sugar salts and fats what the body is very immediately seeking was found very naturally but in a very small degrees because it also came with all sorts of nutrients I want sugar I don't go get candy bar I get Berries, I get right. uh, fruits and vegetables. I don't need. I'm craving fat. Well, I don't go after a thing with uh, a thing of butter. I go after uh, maybe maybe animal uh, maybe animals and meat or protein or or, or uh, avocados or things that have right. uh, fats in them naturally that come with so much more that gave you and I crave salt. Well, you don't just eat salt or you don't just drink you know something salty and sweet all at once and that's it. You had something that had salt in it, electrolytes in it, and with it came 90% of that item, fruits, vegetables, etc. Were good for you. But now that we've sort of isolated the things we're craving just the salt sugar and fats and like make now now we have the thing called a twinkie right. uh, you're getting all that you crave and none of what's supposed to come with it was supposed to naturally balance out in nature right and uh. and we teach our children that it's okay to eat this every day it's, every day it isn't like and no one has any interest especially those that are selling it in telling you not to eat it because they're just buying it so why would we want to stop that right and when they sell these single serving, it makes me crazy when I see kids with a bag of chips and I'm like, that's a two and a half serving bag of chips. I know. Especially if they're like a toddler. 
right. see three-year-olds with a big-ass thing. Yeah, my children, book. the most formative years. Right. Yeah. I saw a child drinking a fa- orange Fanta, and I walked by the parent, and I was like, "It's not. that's not orange juice. No. <laughs> it's fa- that's, I, mean, I, mean, I would even go huge. farther and say the juice is a bigger issue, too. Juice has become sugar. a problem. Juice is, yeah, because it's just sugar, sugar, sugar. I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of juice over soda. Don't get me wrong, but it's still very much sugar, sugar, sugar. What would yeah. be best is just eat the orange. Eat the orange, because then you get the fiber with the orange. Yep. See, some of these parents need to get hit, hit upside the head, though, too. What I have to they're, say. They're being lazy. For... for the way you raised your kids. See, this is why we need abortion. <laughs> because Preach. parents do and killing your kids slowly. That's yeah, what right. you're basically doing, which is a form of child abuse. It is. The fact of the matter is just like you're you're feeding your kid that. You know Something has to tell you that this is not good. I don't care if you don't have a, a high school education. You know that eat, drinking all that Fanta is going to rot well, your fucking and teeth. We, we you can think look, so. We can look this up, too. In 1980, I think there was, like, one incidence of childhood diabetes. Like, one or zero. Like, the childhood diabetes didn't exist, basically. Type 2 child diabetes didn't exist in 1980. And suddenly... You got kids. Ten with years later, right? Nineteen ninety. <laughs> that it just all of a sudden it existed, and then it went up. Kids with titties, by the way, the name of my high school band. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have did you, your your computer so I fast? Wonder, yeah. I wonder who's in charge of the FDA. Who's going to be taking that job? Oh God. Yeah. Probably the Koch brothers. Ha-ha. Um If it's like any trend that's been going on, I believe it's someone who's going to be very much against the FDA his whole life. Right. Exactly. Right. So like we're looking at some. You can see the ride, the rates. It's just, it's a yeah, steep. Yeah, great radio. We have some graphs steep, for you. Steep inclines in numbers from, you know, nine, 1980. What does it say? There were. It's like it's a number, uh, 400,000 cases in 1980, all the way up to now 2010, which is. Uh, but this is ages. It, this, is oh, this is ages 18 to 79. So this is that's adults. That's true. That's true. So this starts with adults. But now that's, and that's the thing is that they wouldn't even. I don't even think they had figures. Here's a, we got the little kids Let's one. Try to distill it down to just the children. Yeah. Here. So you've got, you know, in the early 80s, like, no, no kids have it. And then now there's this huge, huge uh, group. And that's the other problem is our kids are getting huge. And we wonder, like, what's, what's going on? And we just haven't, I don't know, we just haven't educated them. That Jamie Oliver guy, he came to the United States and did a little show where he he asked kids, he showed them pictures and was like, what vegetable is this? They had no idea. San Francisco, I think, is a little different because we're a little more bougie and entitled and we like to be all organic and I'm rolling my eyes because, but it's good, right? Some of it gets a little bit too much. I know why you're rolling Yeah, yeah, but (laughs) the kids now know, I mean, they eat salads. Wow. Uh, Regular high school kids. But I, I think that San Francisco is a different little microcosmic right. area. And I also economically, I, that's another thing. I also think that you have to put that economics. We're just, we're, we're, we still have those people, like the lady that gives her kid Fanta on the bus. Right. We still have that, you know. But I think also the fact of the matter is like our surroundings of people that do eat vegetables. We are in the garden garden bowl right basically yeah california's california yeah so if you like salads come to california yeah. <laughs> tossed we got all sorts of different leafy greens out here yeah and now the kale chips i love kale chips i love i make them all the time and make them for kids kids eat them 
so easy. That's just it. The potato chips and the kale chips, for a kid, it doesn't matter. They're all salty and good. And the the, the, the thing is with training, if, if, if the parents know well enough to start the kids off with a certain precedent and have an education behind it to know what to give the kids or not, kids aren't going to know any difference. They know when mm. something tastes good or not. And, and they also will just follow what the parent is directing. So, yes, if you start introducing, if you just start off the, the child's life with kale chips as opposed to potato, the child's not going to know any difference. He's probably going to create a ch- kale chips. Right. Exactly. Right. I I also I do feel though like with uh, President Cheeto. I mean, he's not the best example. Speaking of snack food. Exactly, because yeah. he looks like a snack food, right? I really, the Obama administration, Michelle Obama would. Oh, she went was out, great. Yeah, went Michelle. out with the program for uh, children to stop uh, childhood obesity. Yes. I'm just curious because looking at his, you know, his administration, most of those people don't look that healthy. Right, right. Um, obviously, don't, they don't live a healthy lifestyle because look how they are. Um, it's a safe assessment. Yeah. And it's just like seeing that administration compared to the Obama administration where I'm not going to say the Obama administration was healthy, blah, blah, blah. But just as observation, I, I feel like... Uh, President Cheeto has high cholesterol. <laughs> Probably. I he's not the best representation. Like I he's actually one of the most bigger presidents. Yeah, he's a he's a larger man. Yeah. yeah. Compared yeah. to I'm thinking about George W. Clinton, uh W or Bush Senior, Reagan, uh Carter. None of those guys were fat. Oh. Yeah, we gotta go all the way back to Taft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. You're right. Well, and wow. Taft and Taft's administration wasn't even. It was mostly his wife that dealt with everything. I I was reading the secret history, secret lives of first ladies, and I'm just so upset that it came out two years ago, so that only Michelle's in it and not Melania, because I just it seems so funny. I just I want to see what like the sketch drawing of her as a first lady. I think she's the biggest joke of all. Her her campaign's going to be anti-bullying. That's going to be what she talks about. I don't, you know what? I don't even think they're going to give that to her now. They just want that bitch to be gone. She, you know, she's just in the, she, she, she didn't want to be there either. She was like, I don't want to be in the, I don't want to, I want to stay in my house. I don't want to go to the, to yeah, the, the White conventional house. wisdom is that Ivanka is going to be the sort of the number one lady in the White House. His real love of his life. <laughs> well, that's his daughter. Yeah. 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 One of the same. That's so, <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, that's, uh, that's what, uh, so we, we on the AltaCast, we have a new, uh, a new news partner. Uh, which is Narl. They are a pro-choice group, so they sent me some stuff this week. Uh, and this is uh, a lifetime of Donald Trump, how to fight back against his Supreme Court pick. That happened yesterday that uh, Gorsuch was... Was he one of the, the ones that were on the short list, allegedly? He was, yeah, he was on a short list, and he's been... He's, he's 49 years old. He's the youngest to ever be nominated... Uh, for the Supreme oh, Court wow, Justice. Oh, wow, that's a security... Uh... And he also really wants to gut Planned Parenthood. Yeah, he's totally against um, Roe v. Wade. Ginsburg, please don't die. I know, right? God, yes. Please, <laughs> hold on. She's our only hope. Uh, on Medium, Narl pro-choice president Ilse Hogue lays out how Neil, Neil Gorsuch fits with Donald Trump's repeated promises to appoint Supreme Court justices who will overturn Roe v. Wade. She writes that Americans face an important question in light of yesterday's nomination. Will we be able to start digging out from the massive destruction that Donald Trump leaves in his wake in four years? Or will his agenda be enshrined for a lifetime through the highest court in our land? Gorsuch's view 
uh, is consistent with President Trump's governing philosophy, which perpetually looks backward to a time when America was great. Even if this vision of greatness means applying the social contract to the narrowest sets of stakeholders possible, traditionally men, traditionally white, and traditionally wealthy. What this philosophy does not do is incorporate the basic values of the framers, freedom, equality, and the right to self-determination, which, if they couldn't fully imagine the scope of the constituency that their founding document would aspire to protect. Uh, a Lifetime of Donald Trump, How to Fight Back Against His Supreme Court Pick. This was written yesterday. President Donald Trump has laid his cards squarely on the table. He's already started to make good on his odious campaign promises, from banning Muslims from entering our country to building a wall on our southern border, to denying women across the world life-saving information regarding their reproductive health care. And that's all just in the first week. Tonight, he announced his nominee, nominee for the Supreme Court. With this announcement, we face a question as Americans. Will we be able to start digging out from the massive destruction that Trump leaves in his wake in four years? Or will his agenda be enshrined for a lifetime in the highest court in our land? Our grandchildren will judge us on what we uh, do to determine the answer to this question. Nothing less than our democracy is at stake, and it, with it the fate of those who need the promise of the American dream of justice and equality now more than ever. Neil Gorsuch offers none of that promise. In fact, shortly after Justice Scalia's death, he offered the following interpretation of judicial purview. Judges should instead strive if human, humanly and so imperfectly, to apply the law as it is, focusing backward, not forward, and looking to text, structure, and history to decide what reasonable reader at the time of the events in question would have understood the law to be. Ooh. Gorsuch's view is consistent with President Trump's governing philosophy, which perpetually looks backward to a time when America was great, even if this vision of greatness means applying the social contract to the narrowest set of stakeholders possible, traditionally men, traditionally white, and traditionally wealthy. What this philosophy does not do is incorporate the basic values of the framers, freedom, equality, and the right to self-determination, even if they couldn't fully imagine the scope of the constituency that their founding document would aspire to protect. Gorsuch's narrow approach to the law is most evident in his track record on abortion access and reproductive rights. Donald Trump has repeatedly promised to appoint justices who will overturn Roe v. Wade, and we must assume that Neil Gorsuch was chosen for his commitment to unraveling our most basic constitutional rights. His judicial decisions read like a laundry list of every excuse to deny women of their constitutional right to sovereign decision-making and self-determination that is fundamental to the American promise. Well, I mean, I guess if the founding fathers, it was about men, so they probably weren't even thinking about Roe v. Wade back then oh, and no. women's right. All men are created equal. Right. They didn't say women. Well, they didn't see, yeah. We didn't, didn't get see. created equal until 1920. Uh, we still ain't equal. Yeah. I'm a whoa man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a person. And here's the thing it, it's, this is why I'm glad, you know, I went to the Women's March. Oh, very good. You were here in San Francisco or did yeah, you go to DC? Here, here in SF. Um, and I'm glad that that was going on all over the world, but we also really need to get our shit together and write to our senators and, and tell them this is a choice that we have. You're dictating our bodies. If you as a Republican want small government, this is not what small government is. Right. This is the, reaching this, into all of our lives. Exactly. What, what you as a Republican 
or those people republicans um th- you 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 use the thing about freedom but you're taking our personal choice away our personal freedom our personal I freedom i have a joke about it but i can't have a kid i mean i can have a kid but i shouldn't have a kid and it would be irresponsible for me to have a kid both fiscally and emotionally for everyone involved oh, yeah. for me for the kid for my boyfriend for our living situation for san francisco as a whole for the happiness <laughs> of all involved <laughs> i should not have children for the happiness of my favorite bars and my bartenders <laughs> getting in trouble I, I mean, I should not have children. I should be able to have the right that if something happens to me, I mean, thank God I have an IUD. But if I didn't, and I didn't even know about IUDs back in the day, but it, I mean, I, how could, it's this is the thing. How did they even elect him when he said he was going to ro- roll back Roe v. Wade? How is this even possible? How, how, that's the thing that's making me crazy. How is it even possible that they can roll back human rights and say, I mean, He's a dude. How does he get to Maybe say anything roll, about my body? That means they can roll body. back the Thirteenth Amendment too. But, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> if we're gonna look back, are we gonna bring slavery back? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. you laugh, but Jesus, it's, it's it's moving so fast and so forward, and or well, I should say backwards in this so in this regard, it's a legitimate thought and conversation piece to have. Can How we have Muslim slaves? Will be we go? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can we have some slaves, please? This nationalist trend and this fascist sort of movement that's sort of brewing in the last few years, especially ignited by Trump's inauguration and uh, entering in the White House, has definitely caused for concern, in my oh, humble opinion. Beyond concern. So scary. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I say this all the time now. Like, I talk about, I used to talk about living through the W era. I will never talk shit about that era again. (laughs) Absolutely. So my 2004 self that was protesting the Iraq war and Afghanistan, I still like that person, but that person from that time, myself, needs to shut the fuck up. So much much to look forward to. Exactly. Compared to what I'm dealing with right now. This is insane. Really makes you wistful for the days of George W. Oh, I... And I never thought. Who thought? Who thought? thought? That that lovable scamp. Oh, man. Dick Cheney, Karl Rove. Oh, my God. The best thing to happen to his legacy was Trump in office. Oh, my God. That's (laughs) absolutely true. Uh, They made it. The Here's that. Gorsuch's narrow approach to the law is most evident in his track record on abortion access and reproductive rights. Uh, I already read that one. Neil Gorsuch's nomination, it threatens not only to rob women of our most fundamental rights, but also to rip families apart because of where they were born, to just restrict our personal freedom to marry who we want, regardless of gender, and to criminalize people based on the religion they practice. Our lawmakers have a duty to make sure our next Supreme Court justice will preserve the role of the court as independent check on the runway excesses of our new administration. They have the duty to make sure our next Supreme Court justice will hold dear the importance of protecting the rights of all Americans. They must not confirm someone who will work to rewrite the Constitution to satisfy Donald Trump's agenda. Our Constitution gives us the right to make decisions about our own bodies and lives. It does not give politicians the right to substitute their own ideologies and beliefs for sound medical advice. Our constitution gives us the right to practice our religious faith freely. It does not give a racist regime the right to turn people away because they are Muslim. Our constitution gives us the right to a free and vigilant press. It does not give a wannabe dictator the rights to intimidate the media when they don't give him flattering coverage. The next Supreme Court justice should uphold these truths. We, the people, have to hold our administrative 
uh, our representatives' feet to the fire when it comes to defending our rights and the Constitution that supports them. We have to support lawmakers who take action to prevent Trump from using his Supreme Court seat to consolidate his agenda. We have to tell our senators that we refuse to support a Supreme Court justice who is willing to compromise our personal freedoms, whether it's our right to access abortion or to marry the person we love. And we have the I mean, marriage, whatever, but I mean, just because it's such a stupid contract anyways, and it's financial, but that's my own thing. I mean, and we have, but everyone, if if you guys want to do it, if you want to make that mistake, go ahead. Everyone has the right to make that mistake, to to combine their, their, to combine their finances with another person. You don't have, you don't have to enter that contract just to let you know there's enough. Anyways, this is not, this is my personal opinion, not this article. And we have to make sure that our leaders know their legacy is at stake when they make decisions about how far to let Trump push the envelope. If we deliver a unified message, we cannot be ignored. We must live out our values through daily acts of resistance. Pick up the phone and speak our minds. Call your senator and let them know that the majority of Americans did not vote for President Trump, and certainly not to use the Supreme Court to rewrite the Constitution. Here's all you need to say to get your message across. Senator. Please know that I support you in this most fundamental role of demanding a Supreme Court nominee who is truly committed to upholding the rights of all Americans and who will serve as a check and balances on this and all administrations. Please do everything in your power to protect the people and assure that bigotry is not enshrined in our land for a lifetime. The next four years will not be easy. President Trump already has the power to institute policies that will change our lives for the worse, but we cannot afford to elevate his dangerous ideology with a lifetime appointment to our nation's highest court. Amen. Wow. You know, the fact of the matter is, I do appreciate that people all over the world are paying attention, especially what happened this past weekend with the whole ban. Oh, right. You know, it's so funny. It was just like I was reading um, in Huffington Post today. They were talking to Trump supporters in a small town in West Virginia, and they were talking about, well, I don't understand why so many people are against this. You know, there's some of them are terrorists. This whole thing about, you know, protecting us from these countries in which, by the way, all those countries that were selected, did not have one terrorist act here. And we have not had a wow. terrorist act by any of those countries since 1975. Wow. Oh, by the way, um, the guys that flew the plane on 9-11, they're from Saudi Arabia. And that country's good to go. Yeah, exactly. You know why? A lot of oil, a uh, lot of money. A lot of money. Um, and a Trump Tower or two in there too, right? Yep. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's uh, not- people suspicious at all oh no the thing is people aren't getting some of these people aren't getting the big picture of how we're being conned into this this is a scary thing it's the next four years but the supreme court if he's 49 years old he's gonna be on that till he's like 90 forever 50 years the guy's gonna be on there for 50 years unless someone gives him the scalia yeah right (laughs) a pillow to the face yeah i said it it's it's really scary. Now, here's the thing I don't understand. Why didn't Barack Obama get to do that in oh, December? because the Republic... It doesn't make sense to me, though, because... Because so Democrats the, played by the rules. Republicans it's just, just he's been in... finger to them. He's been in office for a week and a half, and he already has his appointment for the Supreme Court justice, where Obama was in for eight years, and he didn't get to do it. I'm so confused. Well, I, I think also, I mean... Uh, 
Yeah, he should have been allowed to. He should have been allowed to in December. He should have. This uh, seat should have been Garland. filled. Merrick Garland. Yes. Merrick Garland was the gentleman who, um, you know, he he's very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, for both sides. Down the middle. Yeah, down the middle. That's fine with me. Um, I Good was looking be a for judge. the appropriate term, but I'm kind of stoned right now. <laughs> uh, but Wait yeah, I mean, the thing is, you want someone that is down the middle, that is not party affiliated. Right. You know, that is for the people's best interests, not your personal interests. But we are talking about Cheeto right. here. Here's some things that happened after he um, he announced it last night. Oh, there were some oh, tweets. Uh, anti-choice extremist group Operation Rescue applauds Trump's nomination of Gorsuch to the U.S. Supreme Court. In a statement, Operation Rescue said, We want to express our thanks to President Trump for nominating a man of such stellar quality as Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court, said Operation Rescue President Troy Newman. One of the reasons I endorsed Trump for president was because of the strong promises he made to pro-life leaders. Now, after less than two weeks in office, he is keeping those promises, and we are very encouraged. He has proved himself to be a man of his word, and we're looking forward to speedy hearings on Judge Gorsuch's nomination and urge the Senate to expedite his confirmation to the U.S. Supreme Court. Why is there a man in charge of that? Well, no, it's it's they're anti-abortion. They're anti-choice. I know, anti-choice. but you would, you would think at least a woman that was anti that could understand why is this white dude yeah <laughs> like I don't, why why is he the one that well here here's what he says operation rescues president troy newman has argued the biblical duty of a government rightly involves executing convicted murderers including abortionists that is that his goal is entirely to abolish abortion and has blamed abortion for everything from the 9-11 terrorist attacks to aids <laughs> wait hold on sounds reasonable Dude. He's blamed abortion for uh, 9-11 AIDS? and AIDS. AIDS? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Operation Rescue, President of the United States of America, thank you for Neil Gorsuch. You were a man of your word. That's what they tweeted yesterday. Anti-abortion activist Abby Johnson, great Supreme Court justice picks. The SCOTUS is what she wrote. Johnson is the founder of And Then There Were None, an anti-choice group that attempts to convince abortion clinic workers to leave their jobs. She has called anti-choice extremist Troy Newman her friend and has argued against hormonal birth control. Wow. Family Research Council President Tony Perkins tweeted, Judge Gorsuch's record, especially on religious liberty, gives Americans every reason to believe he will make a fine Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, very fine. Justice pick, SCOTUS pick. Students for uh, students for life. Students for Life, President Kirsten Hawkins, we are thrilled with Judge Neil Gorsuch's nomination, called for the Senate to take swift action to confirm in a statement. She wrote, we are thrilled with Judge Neil Gorsuch's nomination to this U.S. Supreme Court by President Trump, who is continuing to fulfill campaign promises at a breakneck speed. A strict constitutionalist and firm supporter of religious freedom and liberties dictated by the founding fathers. Judge Gorsuch is an excellent replacement for the late Justice Scalia and one who has the potential to leave a powerful legacy. The Supreme Court was of great concern to voters this past November, and the Senate should take swift action to confirm Gorsuch to the high court to ensure a full slate of justices. The Senate unanimously uh, confirmed Judge Gorsuch to be the... uh, uh, That's not true, because they haven't unanimously. Anyways... um, She's the president of Students for Life. So these are all just pro-life people saying how happy they are, which is awful. I don't understand women who are so 
Uh, you first of all, if you're a pro-lifer, the thing about being a pro-lifer is you never have to have one. You have right. that choice. And that's the problem with I have with a lot of women that are like anti-abortion. You don't have to get one. You have that choice. Right, that's, exactly. That's what we're trying to tell you. You never have to go through this. It's like it's like a, a black person voting for the 13th Amendment. I would love to go back to slavery because that's kind of what it sounds like. You know, the right. fact that matters is just like, I would like to roll back the hands of time and have it a, a choice of not having an abortion in a safe place. But who does that? That's the thing. Who does it help? If, if we take abortion away, who does it help? Who does it help? The fetuses? <laughs> yeah, I'll step in here and say that I, I'm, with, I'm on everyone's side here who's talking, but I will point out that there is an argument to be made that they say that life begins at the cellular reproduction level, and therefore you are murdering someone the same as you would be murdering a 40-year-old. But So from these... their point of view, it's not a women's rights thing. It's a saving a life no matter what thing, which is why it's so difficult to talk to. See, so let's ask them about the, how they feel about the death penalty. Yeah, see, I think you I think you're right and I think a lot of them would turn around and say that is someone who has earned their death versus a fetus who has not had a choice in the matter. Except that we playing this other side so of it if I can. Right. We as people are a collection of our experiences through our this magical brain. Even babies like, you know, they're not like they're like marsupials. They're not like people yet. They're like, la la la. I can't take care of themselves. <laughs> if you took, Flippy. they're not. If you took a baby and you 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 have to take care of a baby, you can't just you know put it in a drawer. It can't feed itself. It can't do anything. Babies can't do anything. <laughs> and so if you're not prepared to be able to take care of that. Why? I see. I don't agree with the cells thing. Like I don't. I don't. I agree don't. With that. I don't. I, the, the fact of the matter is, I think a lot of people again are misinformed of like when life begins as well. Because some people think that women are able to get abortions at nine months. Yeah. No. 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 You cannot get a. You cannot get an abortion at nine months. I mean, if your child had severe spinal bifida or something, and that, it was well, a medical abortion, because they're gonna. Yeah. The baby's gonna die anyways. But. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you just saying, oh, by the way, I don't want to have this kid, and it's like the eighth or ninth month. Yeah, that Legally, happen. you cannot do that. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and I baby. would, I'm not for that either. The child, by that point, the child's already developed. But it has a, it has a, it has a little brain, it has a little heart. Exactly. Has a- that is the difference between three, three weeks, eight weeks. I mean, I feel like on. if it can't live on its own and breathe through its own lungs, that it's not really alive. It's yeah. By the eighth month, no, of course you're not going to have an abortion by the eighth. That's and I've heard people say this, but it's so crazy. But if they're so moral, how come it's it, a baby? It, it baby's an abortion, but we eat other animals' babies like all the time. Well, like, that's yeah. one's easiest because God smiled upon man and gave him the right to be the superior <laughs> being of all of planet Earth, and we have a soul. They don't. It's the hubris of man. They're yeah. just silly little playthings. That's a, that's so crazy to me though, because I feel like my cat has such a soul. I, I really feel like Spike is no, a I'm sentient sorry. being. <laughs> He's what are the, the cat? My dog. We has tried to fit one in there, but it's just too big. It's only human size. Can't it's only human size. <laughs> I had this other crazy theory that um uh. The reason that autism has become so prevalent, uh, this is from like a, a, a religious background thing. So I feel like the the, way, the reason autism has, be, autism has become so prevalent is that um, we've been destroying as the so energy cannot be created or destroyed. So there's a 
certain amount of life energy that exists in the world that, that God has been putting into different bodies. And I feel like as we've been murdering, you know, like large whales in the sea, their souls have to go somewhere. So I think that's where sort of autism has come from. They're, <laughs> they're actually the extinct form of whales. Or wow. like there were strange, there's like some strange bonobo monkeys or whatever that were exterminated in, in India or whatever. And I feel like maybe those are all the they're new. They're spiritually coming back into our pool. They're spiritually coming back into our pool. And that's I, why we have such a research. That's, that's why there's so many. I feel like uh, I feel like that one's still a better uh, alternative than Jim Carrey pushing the vaccination uh, reason. I feel like I'm still uh-huh. more on board with yours than his. Oh, he that's, says that vaccinations are the reason for autism. Yeah, he and Jenny McCarthy Jenny and a lot McCar- of yeah. people believe that the vaccination things, even though the reports on those years ago were shown to be disproven and biased by money. They're they're scientists. Well, but we but here's the thing. I mean, honestly, bringing yeah. bringing back another plague like polio to kill a bunch of people isn't a terrible idea. I mean, it's <laughs> it's we're really not right, that the world you got me is so being, far. Keep going. Not that the world is necessarily being overpopulated, but kind of it is. It's I think we're being overpopulated with more, you know, American entitlement issues. And what's really going to stop like we've solved AIDS. Dang it. <laughs> Although, you know, it's like we, we we need another epidemic. We need the plague. Don't say that. We oh. need two million Don't people to die. Like, a clean house, right? Just, we uh, need to tidy clean up house. a bit. It's like uh, Marie Kondo's The Magic of Tidying Up, except it's for people. Except just, it's uh, for people. Just, yeah. I don't want another epidemic. Some crazy, like some... Like some crazy, like it's gonna wipe out a lot. The rats are gonna bring a new plague. Sorry, I oh bet you, wanna, I bet you're a clutter klutz, aren't you? No, is that is your closet kind of disorganized? That's scary, yo. That is like not wanting an epidemic. You must be disorganized. I do not want a fucking epidemic warfare, germ house. warfare. That is well, fucking oh scary as fuck. Of well, course, like some... of course. Well, you know, you should talk to is China and India. They're the ones <laughs> yeah. cr- cranking out kids left and left and right and right. Right. <laughs> Well, and they're starting to have entitlement issues as well in that they want cars, they want their own burgeoning middle class, but there's so many of them. We're like, you can't be middle class like us. You can't. And they want all of our weird products that they're making. And we're, we just, I really think the answer is, is Americans feeling entitled to less. And, and the problem is that the children that we've been making feel entitled to more. more and we're not teaching them you know it's like they don't know how to make a pie what's a pie but they know how to eat individual like mcdonald's pies it, it just <laughs> we're not we're not giving them the skills how many kids do you know that can actually cook an egg the way they like it you know, know like how many adults do you know that know how to cook an egg the way they like it <laughs> i know we hear or, the laughter because it's real the egg that they want they don't know what it is they're like, what's a poached egg? Yeah. Or like when I, I work sometimes brunch. So it's so funny to me when people say, oh, I want my egg fried. So I'm like, okay. So I go through, do you want it over easy, over hard, over medium, scrambled hard, scrambled? Because that's means fried is very vague. Right. So I want a fried obviously egg. you don't cook. That's, right, right, right. So I'm right. like, you don't, bitch, you don't cook, do you? Yeah. That's one of those moments where I'm just like, you should know this is basic eggs. This is, yeah. And I don't even like eggs. Shit. I feel like every every child should know a couple things. Uh, they should know how to cook an egg. Uh, they should know how to boil water uh, to make a hard-boiled egg or to make something. They should know, like, how to safely deal with heat and protein. I'm so sad. I guess they can look it up on their iPhone. Uh, yeah, is there a YouTube video that talks about it, these eggs you, these you're eggs, talking about? These eggs, yeah, these crazy eggs. <laughs> 
Uh, so there's there's our news. Our news actually took a long time today. We talked for a long time. So uh, that's great. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. It is Wednesday, the 1st, 2017, and I have the fear. I am so afraid. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to I'm going to I'm going to look up a little music so that we can take a little break because that sounds like a fun time. Uh, maybe we'll smoke a little and uh, figure out what's going on with the world out there. Let's see some music. You know what we'll listen to? Uh, my favorite band, local metal band, they played the last not yeah last Tuesday they played at um, the Knockout and we had a great. Oh, you got to see them live. I got to see them live. Oh, this They're is great. great. Uh, I put in oh it's, it said floating band. I said floating goat. You you dorks, okay. floating goat. They're a great band. Uh, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett is uh, one of them. Oh, I I like this Spawn of Poseidon. Let's see. Let's listen to some Spawn of Poseidon. This just came out. And, uh, I, it, you know, it's exciting is it already has, it has a, an ad on it. That's exciting. Yeah. That, like you can that see means some, that uh, they're, they're, they're a big deal. They've got a Starbucks ad on the, on the front of their, uh, they are somebody. Uh, so here is some of my favorite band. This is what it goes.
All right, we're back on the AltaCast. That was Floating Goat. They're my buddies. Their new album just came out. It's a double LP, which just pressed. Super, super great. Um, I love those guys. So we were just in here. We were eating some Pringles. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect for radio to be munching Perfect on for the stuff. radio to be mu- Yeah, delicious Pringles. Give, we'll give them a shout-out because they're so freaking delicious. Ross, do you buy Pringles? Once you pop, you can't stop. You can't stop. No, can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, but Kaysen flies a lot for work, and I asked him, oh, well, you know, with your flyer miles, where do you go? What do you... You know, how much vacation time do you get? And then he said... I have... Um, the startup I worked for before uh, had an unlimited vacation policy, which means that you get to decide how often and when often your vacation uh, falls into place. That is insane. What? Do they, it's paid vacation, though? Paid vacation. They... If you're hourly, it's not, but, like, I was on salary, so I just had the option to just let my boss know I'm going to be out of town for next week or I'm going to be out of town this and then, whatever, and it was uh, paid vacation time. Unlimited. In other words, just get your shit done... Right. Meet this deadline, and then go play. You'll be re, uh, you know, you'll have your mojo back to come back work and what have you. Yeah. The first idea you have is, well, aren't you just going to take the whole year off? And it turns out, <laughs> no. What employees will do is now, given the benefit of being able to be treated like an adult, and that let you decide what you think is right for you. Um, what they found is not only do people just know when uh, to give themselves vacation, and also know when to be be in town for meetings and be present for stuff going on in the business. That you know, you can be an adult. You can figure out when it's good to be out and when it's good to probably be in the office. Um, they actually end up taking a little bit less vacation than the average bear, if you believe that. Wow. Because yeah, American culture and mindset kind of feeds into this, and wherein we all want to work way more than we should. So it ends up being wow. a good thing for the company and also gives the freedom for the employee. And so it's a win-win from both sides. Wow. That's called, that's how the real world should be. Isn't it, right? Yeah. So, and I say the previous company I worked for because uh, right now what I do is I work for a sort of uh, as a consultant from home. And so it's another tech company I, I employ from. But since I work out of my own home, I have the flexibility uh, to get work done as I want to. So it's almost the same situation. Wow. I mean, tech is funny, man. I I do whatever I want whenever I want to do it with my life. Hell yeah! Pretty much, but that's because I'm an artist and I'm poor. <laughs> it's like it's on the other. I like I'm beholden to no one because I have, because I have no money. Yeah. See, um, this is why I don't work in corporate because I went back to the service industry because I like my freedom ah, and I yeah. don't like it when people can tell me when I can leave and when I can't leave. Right. Yeah. So I went back to serving bartending because I'm like, no, because it gives me time to do what I want to do along with vacation. Yeah, you can focus on yourself. Yeah, right. you your goals. But I don't get them paid off, so that's the part that's the downfall. <laughs> right. There's but, a middle ground we need to find on that one, isn't right. it? Right. Money and freedom. Exactly. And I, you're, dude, if you are an adult, you should know. If you want to keep this job too, yeah, you would expect someone to be like, oh my God. I have this option to like have freedom or work, but I'm going to work my ass off yeah. so I can take advantage of this freedom and not lose this job. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will work my ass off to keep it. That's how you get great employees. That's right. You give mutual respect, and ideally, it's supposed to work just like that. Yeah, You're so, so stoked about having such a sweet job with maybe some lunch here thrown in or some free food, plus I'm on vacation. Well, I don't want to lose this job. I'm going to work my ass off to at least keep the uh, things above board. Right. It's exactly. But, no. 
uh, it doesn't work like that in most places. Unfortunately, not all. Yeah, this is not a widespread phenomenon. Ideally, it would keep growing and becoming one, but right now it's uh, yeah. It's a very slow process. And slow moving. Can we? I mean, can I ask? What do you? What do you do? Is are you allowed to say that? Are you like? Are you like a government operative? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like as if it's that old thing. If you ask a cop if he's a cop, he has to say yes. Yeah, exactly. If you ask a government operative if he's a government operative, he has to technically say yes. <laughs> no, I am not a government operative. Although if I was, I would. Uh, I'd probably wear uh, ter- more uh, shittier suits. I think. Like, isn't that what comes with an FBI? If everyone seen FBI agents, no, the they shit brown suit. They, the money is in law. It's not in the government suits. Uh, that's for sure. Or money's in medicine, not in the government suits that you wear. Anyway, yes, no, I'm a I'm a tech guy. I'm a operations um, uh, specialist. In other words, that means I help uh, turn a lot of things that are done manually into software. The engineers nice. make the software. The CEO runs the company. The finance guys make sure the money's in order. And I tell people. Uh, what the customers want, and then I have them build software from it. I'm kind of like a, someone who knows how code is written, but I don't write it myself because I didn't go to Stanford and get a master's degree in computer science. But I'm, uh, I'm nerdy enough that I can speak it and enjoy it and tell engineers wow. what to do. Wow. Among other things. You tell engineers what to do. I ask them nicely, I, to, yeah. to be fair. And, and you build and you build software. Yeah, so I I, I can I don't mind talking. I worked computer things. Worked in the past <laughs> at, at Yelp, uh, helping nice. build out the product. Um, I uh, I wasn't on the product team, but I was. Uh, that was one of my first jobs. I was like low on the ladder as an operations associate. And then from there, I also worked at uh, uh, Magic. I founded my own company, which failed. Ma- magic the Gathering. Oh, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? That's yeah. the much more popular and well-known Magic. This Magic was. <laughs> The text message service that if you oh. ask them to get something done, they'll do it any way possible, and they never say no. They're like a butler. Like Postmates oh, wow. or TaskRabbit, but just text message. What? Yeah. That's an interesting concept, the new slavery. Yeah. So you type in, <laughs> you type in, you go. Text this number. You text this random number, and you're like, I need a Starbucks lot of fapa poo Yep. And they, it delivers, suddenly it's at your door. They'll say, yes, this will cost $9 plus a $4 delivery. Do you accept the charges? It'll yes, be there I within do. an hour. It's uh, like a genie in a phone. But that's a lot of money for a Starbucks. It's a, but the upcharge was crazy. Yeah, the upcharge, uh, they were fluctuating it when I left the company with like 10% or 30% upcharge. And uh, there more money is made if you like ordering like nine laptops for an office versus a latte. But you oh. do, they do both. Or they did both. When I was there, they would do anything. They would do anything, and the money is made on the big items. But yes, they'd do anything. Wow. I don't know. So if, if you have enough that. money, it wouldn't matter anyways. You just want the thing. Yeah, because you can do things like I want to set me up with a meeting with Jennifer Aniston, which would cost you know tons of money, or or make <laughs> get me a bunch of party for thirty people, help me set up my Super Bowl party, or remind me to wake up tomorrow. You like, could do those. That's what it would do. Anything. Anything. How much would it cost to have? But that, what, what, who, where are you going to have someone wake you up in the morning? You get an alarm. There's no alarm on your phone. You've got a smartphone and you don't have an alarm Yeah, they'd probably, probably give you a call, like a hotel service, right? But you're right. Everyone has an alarm on their phone, so that's not really How a popular much, item. I would ask it to call me some hookers. Yeah, we've we had requests that? like that, too. Dude, I would totally do. We just, definitely have requests like that coming so through. So you're the guy that takes that idea and you're like, okay, so there's this cert. We've got to build something that goes to people's phones so that it alerts all of them in this area. Yeah. At the last company I was at, they 
dealt with cars and that, and so my job was to say, okay, we have to deal with a lot of people's insurance, our customers' insurance uh, documents, and how to keep track of when the insurance is canceled or if they didn't pay their bill. How do we let the customers know and keep track of this? So then I organized, I helped organize a team in India that uh, that had a routine sort of schedule. We built a program that lets them keep track of all the documents, sort through them on the computer instead of having to look through them manually all the time, and uh, and alert us whenever there was a document problem, like if someone didn't pay their bill or insurance was out of date or incorrect. And so I, I helped to build software uh, around a task that normally would have just been sorting through tons and tons of papers. Wow. And so you're you're the enemy. When the solar flare... <laughs> when, well, no, it just... Oh, the oh, enemy. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, when I make fun of the... When I make fun of the millennials that have the jobs that make a lot of oh, money... Oh, I'm so totally the enemy. When, yes. I, I make fun of the millennials that have the jobs that make a ton of money, but they don't actually make anything. No. So, like, and it's funny because you're valued. Your work is valued so highly, and you don't actually produce... Anything. No, the moment my computer dies, my work is has not doesn't exist anymore. It, right. Right. So ah. like, so like, it's it. Th- this is the this is the Marxist thing that makes me crazy is that it's the value that the the system that we currently live in puts on your labor and your labor of non-creation is monetarily valued at an exponential rate to say something real like I make. A marijuana treat that's treats that are delicious, <laughs> and and they're real, and I make them from sugar and weed. butter and weed, and I make my own butter from butter and weed, and I have a process. It takes many many hours, hours and hours, cannot, hours. Cannot email me some weed butter, that's for sure. That's cannot, real. It's a real product, right? And I make it, and then when I when I exchange them for other goods and services, at a, you know, they usually don't stack up or things like you know I always use the mom example even though I'm not a mom but when I when I nanny right I get paid 20 bucks an hour to hang out with someone else's most precious gem right and that's fine because they're just kids and kids are easy especially (laughs) if they're alone but um I didn't mean it like that I'm a really good nanny but that's the thing is that it's only $20 an hour and but and it's a real it's a real labor it's actual I'm actually spending time with child I'm actually like spending time with them keeping them safe molding their brains it's a real product like I'm building a happy child but it's still these skills and labors somehow aren't and person could dig a ditch and my mom used to tell me when I was little she'd say you when say? I when I didn't want to study she'd be like well the world needs ditch diggers too Pam and it's such a terrible thing to say because it devalues that person's actual labor when we build a building it doesn't just appear you have to have electricians that know the wiring that are doing that thing that have that knowledge the well, and not just, well, the architect draws it out, but the, the electricians are actually doing the work. The guys that are yeah. pouring the concrete, like, that's that's labor. That's real. You need the janitor to, like, vacuum that shit, yo. You, well, to keep <laughs> things, yes, there's, there is actual labor that exists. And for some reason, we entitle, we have an entitlement thing about labor. Oh, we always have had that. Just like, you know, in my industry, bartenders just started recently getting respect. Right. Because a lot of us 
who are professionals who have college degrees either did not like our profession anymore right. was stressed out or the fact we couldn't find a job in our profession that would pay right. the same amount as us being in the service industry right for like three nights a week yeah exactly my buddy at DCAB he works at uh, Doc's Clock and he only has to work three days a week so that, that he money. can cause, yeah because he makes so much money that the and other four days he gets to, to be in a band the fact that Oh wow! You know, bartenders actually do make money. You know, ha 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 ha. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. It's just, it, it's, yeah. The whole cl- professionalism, I guess you can say, if that's such a word. Uh, it is. It, there is a hierarchy to it. But, but service is-, is labor too, and it's real labor because you're doing something and you're making something happen, like cooking food, like serving the food, being a bartender, like prostituting. And I don't have a problem oh, with prostitution I at, have a problem all. with it at all. I, I do have a, a problem with the way in which there's so the, a lot of. I, I know <laughs> nothing of this, so this, just feel free to tell me I'm wrong. But that because the way the laws are set up, it's become it can become a dangerous avenue for many people. But it's also a freedom, right, for women to or men to enjoy. So I'm not against it. Oh well, you're talking more like the sex trafficking stuff. That's yeah, pretty scary. But yeah, and but otherwise that, yeah, I'm for it. I'm yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah, that that issue is a, you know, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Because there are everyday women who are forced into that, and there there's a really big. San Francisco and the Bay Area entirely has a big sex trafficking problem. Yeah. Um. So, but if we were to do hoeing the legal way. <laughs> Regulated, perhaps. Regulated, even. like yeah. they and do give them in a union. New Orleans and like in, in Vegas. Yes. With the whole, there's a whole system. Funny Ranch. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm all for that. But there, then there's that hierarchy, which I think hoeing is a great hierarchy to be on. I've never been one, but I'm just fascinated by it. I am. I, I'm absolutely fascinated by it too, and that how women. <laughs> We're all women very have, fascinated by but it. But the thing is that women don't even have control over their own body in that sense because they've got a pimp. Where's the pimp coming from? But if we're talking, <laughs> and also the devaluing, and we, we're prostitutes for our jobs, period. So right. this is where the hoeing comes in the factor of like everybody's a hoe. Right. You always got to suck somebody's dick, not literally, to get to a place that you want yeah. to be that successful person. You have to do some things and that get you to a point of like I'm proud to be here but I'm still having to prostitute myself to climb to this yes. certain point. There's an exchange of goods maybe your time, maybe your energy, maybe kissing ass, maybe exactly. doing things you don't want in to every really profession. Earned. Every profession. Yeah, every every profession. Well in everything. If you want to find success in every profession it seems to be that's yeah. Have right. To, have to so do everyone's that. a hoe. That's you my hoe. You, you have to eat crow <laughs> at some point. I have that on a bumper sticker yep. think, somewhere. <laughs> well, at, Life mantra. I actually I have I have absolutely no problem with prostitution. And I feel like women should be able to... You, marriage is prostitution. Duh. <laughs> it's just in a strange contract situation. Yeah, it's that's legalized what a job ownership. Is. It's legalized ownership, yeah. That's what a job is. You're also signing, what a job is. That's yeah. what a job is. You have to sign a contract, right? Yeah. Legalized ownership. Home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all goes full circle. You're signing a contract to, we basically own you in some aspect of a way. Right. You know, indentured servitude. Right. And in de- you know why indentured servitude was called that? This is really funny because they folded a piece of paper in half. <laughs> there was a indent. They indented the paper and then they ripped it in half. And one half went to the owner and one half went to the servant. I didn't know that. And so it was indented. It was the indentured 
that's where they came up with that. And in the beginning, they didn't. They called everybody slaves, mm-hmm. and then they had other ones that were called indentured. Indentured impl- implying the that there's Irish. a contract, right? That there's a contract that you can get out of. And you have legal rights as a, a- after as a you fulfill your contract. And so the original people who were black in the United States in like 1618 and all that stuff, they a lot of them were. It sucked for them later because they were freed people who were. Everything was on the up and up. They were. They fulfilled their indentured servitude and they could have done whatever. And then all of a sudden the slave trade came in and that became this huge thing for, um, for monetarily in America. And then all those people that had originally come here as immigrants themselves, just like the Irish the other, got a little taste of their indentured servitude in the late 1800s. Right. To yeah. Tar to tar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they know how to dance a jig. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I'm I'm reading this crazy history book right now, and so I'm learning all these weird little, bizarre facts about just terrible things that we've. There was a one thing they said they were like, well, you know, and they, how did they deal with the Indians? You know, well, one of them, one account, and there's this quote, and it's like in that weird old English, like dog is spelled with a d on the on the an e on the end, d o g e, you know. But they're saying dog. They said, well, they put. They put her in the town square and had her ripped to death by rabid dogs. And that's how they dispatched of the Indian woman. Like, this oh. is just, they just wow. like would, there's barbaric. totally barbaric. We were, Americans are just are terrible people. So our entitlement, I'm, the reason I'm reading this book is it's about American as a language and like where all of our words come from etymologically and how many we stole from the Indians. Like if we couldn't say a word, we'd just ask the Indians like, what's the word? And they'd be like, raccoon. And you'd be like, oh. Okay, cool. It was actually like raccoon. And they're like, raccoon, <laughs> great. <Spot> on. Like, <laughs> Perfect pronunciation. Yeah, it's oh like from God. the earthquake. Well, it was this long and impossible. That's something, say that one more time. Yeah, yeah it's like raccoon. It <laughs> 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 ah. ah. <laughs> so I can look at difference in the book. <laughs> but there was even Squanto. We called him Squanto, but really his name was like Tesquantum. T S Q U A N T. Jonathan Steinberg. Oh, no. That's not Anyway. <laughs> and then when John Smith first encountered the um, the Indians, he used his first idea was to shield himself by his interpreter, his Indian interpreter. He stuck him in front of him. That just tells you like what what kind of people we Cowardice. white people came from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And they're still doing it to my people too. Yeah, just get in front of me. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm scared. So you, you actually have to go to work. You actually have to go to work now. You're gonna get on a plane right now. Uh, I'm trying to decide because if I if I. Uh... Well, yeah, I'm looking at traffic. You have to scoot. Do you do you scoot oh all the God, way I'd to love the? I love to scoot. I would scoot yes. all the way to the airport if I could, but the scoots don't let you. They don't let you take them out of the city proper. Oh, can you go on the freeway with one of those? Uh, no. I would. I would not. They don't have enough horsepower. Yeah. I believe. That is wow. bad. I, unless you're trying to kill yourself. Are you? Are you? You feel comfortable on that thing in the city? You're not scared. Yes. Uh, it's not as safe as a car, admittedly, but I don't go very fast because you're not going very fast in the city. If you watch out for bumps and don't get slucked in the rain and slip and slide, I think you're fine. I've had no problems. I've only crashed once, and it was because I was going over. It's actually because I was going over a, uh, uh, you know, in the parking lots, they have those bumps that slide yeah, down. Yeah. I saw, I went over one, it was at night, I didn't see it, and it rained, so <gasps> it was slickery, and they had a slant, and so I got over it, and I, whoop, the bike slipped out from under me Damn to it. the side, and I went into a ditch. Are you, were you, you're, you're okay, you had your helmet on? I had my helmet on, scraped up my hands and knees, but otherwise walked away just fine. Uh, I was only going a few miles an hour, so. Oh, no. That wasn't even, you know, that's like kind of the dangerous stuff you run into. But no, by and large, this scoot is a wonderful thing. It keeps a lot of roads off, cars off the road, uh, helps with pollution because they're all electric. Right. And you can, you can drive one if you've had a DUI. <laughs> 
because you don't need a license. This is a this is a thank you. Thank you for highlighting the important side. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of <laughs> Huge uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Let's watch full-length movies. Let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next month. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Since 1971, the San Francisco Tenants Union has been fighting for the rights of tenants and for the preservation of affordable housing in San Francisco. Starting from the struggle for rent control in the 1970s, the Tenants Union has been the city's leading advocate for tenants. The Tenants Union is supported by membership and counseling donations, and this enables advocacy to be uncompromising and not influenced by pressures from government or other funders. It is a 501c4 since it campaigns for political candidates, so generally donations are not tax-deductible, although large donations may qualify. Please visit WFTU.org for more information. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Black, black, plastic. Mutiny Radio. FM Saturday noon to two every Saturday. All music, all night, all day. The 
ACLU of California reminds us that we have the right to speak out. Both the California Constitution and the First Amendment to the United States Constitution protect our rights to free expression. There are many questions we face when we decide to organize and speak out. Do we need a permit? Are there limitations? Or when or when can we not demonstrate? What about civil disobedience? For all of this information, please check out aclunc.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Alex! Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be... Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can listen on the go Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio.
MutinyRadio.fm.sf Welcome, uh, Billy Joel time, everybody. Hell yeah. 